0: Today on Sagittarian Matters, food trends, vegan cheese, rotten tofu, and the time she was almost assassinated at a vegan restaurant. Yes, I'm welcoming back vegan queen and friend to the show, Issa Chandra Moskowitz. Stay tuned. Sagittarian Matters. Sagittarian Matters. What's the? Issa Chandra Moskowitz is a vegan chef, a restaurateur, and the author of the books Veganomicon, Vegan with a Vengeance, Issa Does It, and so many more. She runs two restaurants called Modern Love in Brooklyn, New York, and Omaha, Nebraska. Issa and I once hosted Vegan Iron Chef together. She loves cats, and the first day we met, I watched her almost die. We revisit this moment at the beginning of our interview. But before we get there, I want to tell you two things. Number one, cut for time, is that Isa and I both agreed that za'atar, the spice mix, is a food trend for 2021. The other thing is, unfortunately, a neighbor to the Sagittarian Matters social distancing studio in Portland, Oregon, had a leaf blower going in the distant background at some point in our interview. For this, I apologize. Now, please sit back. Relax and enjoy my talk with vegan chef and reigning queen, Issa Chandra Moskowitz.
1: Um, so, as I remember it, we were sitting in Vita Cafe in Portland, and um, anybody who's been there, knows they have those gigantic um light fixtures with big points at the end like a big spike at the end, just to like make sure and one of those fell on my head and I was alone and you were with like a drama group or something
0: (laughs) I was with Sister Spit I was with this like literary this literary tour of friends that had all come to visit the night before and then we were sitting like adjacent to you and maybe I had yeah. met you at a party. I don't remember, but you were reading a—you were reading like a vegetarian magazine by yourself. Like, yeah. And then it's we so heard—we heard this loud crash. Well, it made sense to me. I was like, "Look at her thoughtfully thinking about vegan food, eating vegan food <laughs> yeah. in this restaurant. How lovely!" And then we heard this crash, like a gunshot, and everybody jumped out. And we looked, and what had happened was. That light fixture, which is just a huge glass bulb with that spike on the end, had crashed onto your table on top of your... I don't know if you had your food yet. Maybe not. Because I feel like somebody weekly came out with your food I, afterwards and was like, do you want this? As you were picking glass out of your hair. Yeah. And all the lesbians <sighs> came I, and I, surrounded I, you and were like, are you okay?
1: Yeah, and I kind of blacked out for a second and just didn't understand because I I had no idea what happened. Like, I thought... Cafe exploded. Just, so I was really confused.
0: It was just like, was it a hit from a, right
1: exactly from, from another cookbook author,
0: from a, or like from Big Dairy, or like
1: oh from oh, see I immediately went it was an inside job, but you're like <laughs> oh it was the meat industry, and I acted okay, and then I got out, and got on my bike, and like hysterically cried. Oh. And then I had free food for two years, and I felt like I should have had it for longer.
0: I feel like you should still be having free food now. Lifetime. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Isa, are you ready to tackle advice questions? Yes. Okay. Please give your worst your worst answers as advertised. Yes. We're looking for better advice. A lot of people just really were saying they were very excited to have you on the show. Um, The first thing I want to know is well, the first, a listener asked, are there any food trends from 2019 and 2020 that you'd like to retire? And then my second question is, do you see any food trends for 2021?
1: Oh, my God. Okay. Give me one second. Okay. So I have not left the house in eight months.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um. And, you know, the biggest food trends for pandemic have been sourdough and banana bread. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure... I mean I think they're fine. So they, we can keep those. Has there been another food trend this I mean, are there is there room for food trend? There's that like that coffee food trend, but I haven't tried it. Oh it's What's great.
0: It Dalgona coffee, TikTok coffee. Okay, yeah,
1: yeah. I haven't tried it. Um I mean I'm ready to retire charcoal.
0: Mm, mm-hmm. Um
1: and let's see. I'm just trying to think of, like, it's just so hard to think of anything, like, pre-pandemic that was going on that was, like, a trend. So, I guess I don't have, uh, um, how about running out of tofu and tempeh, that trend?
0: Oh, yeah. So, like, getting into something else? I think cabbage might be a food trend. I think it's time for cabbage to have its moment and rise up. It's, like, very of the depression, It is, it's an unsung hero. It's quite delicious. It's a great vehicle for lots of flavors. I just feel like, you know, Brussels had their time. Cauliflower's made, you know, made the scene. Let's make room for cabbage.
1: I'm going to agree. And I guess that could lead to the next trend that I think is going to be grilling all, grilling the things, all of the greens.
0: (laughs) Grilling greens? I know people do it. Yeah. Can a home cook do that? So just... What do you do? Yeah. A cast
1: iron grill. Mm-hmm. And, um, olive oil, salt, and pepper. And then just, like, slice it into wedges and grill it. So I think grilled everything. Oh, my gosh. Because right. I think it, like, if people aren't eating out and if, um... You kind of have this time to do something like a little bit special i think grilling greens is like really easy and adds this like fancy element like how did you do, like it's it's hard to understand how someone got that flavor onto a vegetable especially a leafy green mm-hmm. so i can see that as a trend or i'd like to make that a trend i don't know if it will be um i mean there's like trends that are just i just don't personally like but i don't know if they're from 2019 they're probably older just like i've never really liked jackfruit i know and um (laughs) like been making bananas into things banana banana things into things (laughs) banana peels into things
0: oh what banana peels into things
1: yeah making banana peels into things like what like ketchup i mean no you like grill a banana peel like i mean i'll grill some weird shit but I don't. I don't feel we should. We should venture there. I don't mm. think God intended it. <laughs> um, and let me see what else. Um, wait, there's like that. I'm ready for that watermelon ham to stop showing up on my timeline.
0: Oh, I have like, not had enough of that yet.
1: Okay. It's been a slow trickle. Do they like to the west to coast? Today.
0: I've never, Uh, I've only had watermelon jerky and I'm the only person I know that's had it. So I'm still like exploring.
1: Have you seen the watermelon ham thing? You don't get, it's not put on your Facebook every single day or like your aunt doesn't mail it. Like everyone's sending me that. I don't care about it. It's neither here nor there. I'm just sick of getting it. What is it? It's a watermelon ham. See, now I have to talk about it. I'm so sorry. Somebody turns, grills a watermelon and it looks like ham. Oh. And then it gets posted every couple of months, and then there's a gazillion comments, like, ew, no, why are you doing that? Uh, and then and then it gets sent to me uh, with a something, thoughts, mm-hmm. you know? Like, I'm supposed to give them my thoughts on the watermelon ham again. Like, mm-hmm. maybe I should put just a public <laughs> statement up i probably
0: did please um, stop sending me this here's my final my final comment on the yeah, situation is this
1: yeah like yeah i don't even it's like so it's like talking about game of thrones ending for me like i'm just tired of it i don't even have a comment anymore no comment do you watch game of thrones
0: i didn't watch game of thrones okay but
1: um yeah
0: Oh, what was I going to say? Well, you know, on the podcast, for a long time, I've been harping on how much I love tahini. And one of my favorite Uh things is tahini and prunes. And I feel like the world is coming around and tahini is having its, tahini's having its moment. It's really, Uh it's almost overexposed. Right. I think that halva is going to, people are going to get more into halva or they should. And I think tahini is like making a splash.
1: I mean, I grew up with halva, and I just love it, and my mom loves it, and it's been one of my favorite com- flavor combinations forever, and even before I knew, understood it, it was tahini. it was just a normal like candy bar to me growing up, you know? hmm So, I've always loved that combination, so I'm good with tahini becoming the thing. Um, I mean, tahini ice cream is really big, mm-hmm. the tahini fruit combination that you mentioned, Um, Do you remember those little um, sesame candies? Mm Mm-hmm. Those are really good, too. So, yeah, a sesame moment, I think, is really good because it's also really good for people with allergies.
0: Mm, the sesame moment.
1: Yeah. I'm just going to write that
0: down. This is poetry.
1: Yeah, because it's creamy. It's got, like, an intense kind of like ethereal flavor that you're like it doesn't it just doesn't taste like everything else yeah. and then you can use it in sweet and savory it feels way more mature than peanut butter like if you ask people ask a seven-year-old their favorite flavor combination it's like peanut butter and chocolate no i know adults still like it but i'm just kind of like grow up and change that to tahini
0: tahini and like chocolate Then you you're like up, mm.
1: yeah When you grow up, stop with the peanut butter and start with a tahini.
0: This is what we're going to Um, put on the sticker. Yeah. All right. Listeners. Wait, was
1: that a question? That was
0: kind of a question from me and from a listener. Okay, Okay. this one might be hard. So do you want a hard one or an easy one first?
1: They've all been hard for me.
0: Okay. Then I'm going to give you a hard one. Someone says, Dear Issa, I really enjoy mock duck when I get it from a Thai restaurant it's really tender and has some bounce i have a ton of vital wheat gluten and every recipe online is a basic ass seitan recipe that turns out well like seitan super bouncy and a little something but get it does not get the mock duck texture of my dreams is mock duck really a different thing than seitan or am i fucking up the seitan oh spongy she, it's too, like no, seitan's no. too hard and she, spongy
1: I understand, she wants the flaky Fall apart stuff But it's That's done with compression And layering In a way that I don't think A normal Home cook Can do it They're not just um, um, Well two things They're doing it not from vital weak gluten They're doing it from flour and you're washing it over the course of like five days and then it's just a totally different thing so but um has she looked i'm saying she i might be misgendering
0: you're this not person. this person is a she
1: okay okay so uh there's a chick wheat recipe out there I'm trying to figure out where it originated because I'm actually writing a fake meat cookbook and I want to give credit because it's annoying when people like are like, I invented the seitan sausage. So there's a recipe called chickwheat. If anybody knows the origin, get in touch with me. But the real origin, not the person that gets someone else's recipe and then says, anyway, chickwheat is probably the closest they're going to get to it. So it's like a chickpea flour seitan recipe. That does pull apart and get flaky. Mm. Not my recipe, but something that will work. Yeah, the mock duck is like a special wheat flour, a special process, not something we can really replicate at home with Fido Weekly.
0: In the meantime, I don't know if this feels the same to you, but I do like going to the Asian grocery store and getting the mock duck in a can. Like tidbits, oh God, curry tidbits, yes. duck tidbits. Listener, you can look that up as you wait for this recipe. I, lo-
1: I love the... Isn't she saying... Oh, so she's saying she hasn't found it in a store in a can?
0: I don't... She's not... She didn't mention the can. Okay. So...
1: All right, so yeah, she could buy it in a can.
0: Um, That's the other
1: thing. But I understand wanting to make it. I've, I, I remember feeling that way for like the longest time. Like, why is my seitan this and not this flaky layered thing? And then learning their process.
0: God, I, I love, I love that that really soft fake duck. I haven't had it it's in so years. Good. It's so. Go- it was so easy to Did just you? like go to the Asian grocery store. There's a little Vietnamese market here on Killingsworth, and just like loading up my bike basket full of stuff to make curry with that, or even salad yeah. rolls with that. Yeah. Yeah,
1: and it's. Um, Going to a restaurant and having it deep fried and then like in a sticky sauce. So good. Mm. That was my first experience with seitan, I think, in general. In, Minas- in Minneapolis, like every Vietnamese restaurant had mock duck and it was so yummy. And I, I, I haven't been back in a while, but um, that's how I found out about it. I got a restaurant here in Omaha to sell it. There's something called Issa Noodle on the menu. <gasps> What's that? It's me being like can I have uh, number 17 but with this this and this and so they were like fuck it it's called Issa noodle now you can just order it however it's wrong so I still have to modify it what so what it was I'll tell you what it, what it should be
0: yeah it
1: should be rice noodles scallions mock duck in like this uh, and broccoli in a kind of like... Sweet and sour sauce, but not too sweet. More on the savory side. So that's what it should be. And they left the mock duck out, and I think they left the broccoli out. So it's like scallion, tofu, and rice noodles. So now I think it's changed ownership. So whenever I order it, I'm like, Issa noodle with this, this, and this, and they don't know that I'm Isa.
0: You're like, I'm the originator of this yeah. noodle. I just want to let you guys know that I still need to make some notes on this.
1: Yeah, and you still need to make some changes.
0: Today's episode is brought to you by Emily Helmus, Jamie Soretti, Elizabeth Pickens, Shoshana Ruth Wector, Christy Harrod, Mary Pinson, Michelle Lemoyne, and Joey Soloway. If you would like to support Sagittarian Matters, especially producer Chris Sutton, please send $5, $5 million via PayPal to hornetleg at gmail.com. Or this just in, he's got a Venmo. Hell Books. That's H-E double hockey sticks books on Venmo. Thank you for your support, and we look forward to saying your name on the podcast. Producer Ponyo looks forward to it too. Don't be scared. That's just Ponyo speaking voice. Dear Issa, how do I make vegan soups more rich? I'm not vegan, but my body likes plant-based foods, so I'm trying to cook more vegan meals. Any tips for making vegan soups and stews that have a rich umami taste? Alternatively, I mean, obviously. Oh. do you have favorite non-dairy cream options for creamy soups that isn't coconut-based? Thank you, science, Soupless in Seattle. Yes.
1: Okay. I already had the answer to that. That's why I cut you off.
0: Go ahead, please.
1: Um, well, cashew cream. Cashew cream is my answer to everything. Mm-hmm. And then for richness, porcini or porcini powder. So just taking some dried porcinis, grinding them into a powder, and then like they make your soup so rich. So that's just, if you want that flavor profile. Um, alto, when miso, um, but cashew cream, a little nutritional yeast. Like uh, one thing people don't do with nutritional yeast, like they'll add it at the end and it tastes good. But if you, like, toast it with your garlic and onion and stuff like that, it gets a really deep, like, flavor. So, um, n- nutritional yeast added at the beginning of the soup, not at the end. So, like, once you get your onions going, just t- sprinkling in a little bit, tossing it around for a minute, and it totally changes the flavor. It's so, it's so easy, but also just, like, totally transformative. Um, and then other and I said so, right? Okay, yeah. So that's
0: it. You just knocked it out of the park. Dear Issa. I killed that one. My newly vegan boyfriend misses eating cheese straight from the bag. What's a good alternative? Dump the motherfucker
1: already. Oh, wait, what? <laughs> Sorry.
0: No, that's, that's like, that could be the answer. <laughs> okay. I I guess bio, for me, Violife is the best from the bag thing.
1: It is. You know, I had this thing during, um, pandemic cooking of, I fell in love with Violife, and I I just, like, started using those meats and cheeses, which I hadn't for years, and then I started realizing that it all kind of tastes, it's like the same taste with a smoky flavor, or the same taste with a cheddar flavor, Mm. and it's not bad, I will, like, totally eat it from the package, but... I kind of stopped using it on like pizzas and things like that because of the sameness. I just started tasting kind of having this pronounced flavor that I didn't necessarily always want. Mm-hmm. And I kind of um, would prefer just to make like a cashew cheese or something like that. But, but I think it's really yummy on like it's a Tofurkey sandwich or something. I really like, um, and I also started feeling like Violife should sponsor or should pay me because I was talking about them so much. But like, um, oh, they're feta. I really loved that for like a week. Oh, Have you I had that.: No,
0: I've been so monogamous with the just like mature cheddar that I haven't even gone there towards the feta. No so, those
1: are really good. But most of the question? should she break up with
0: them? Um, should she her boyfriend wants to eat vegan cheese out of the bag. What kind of vegan cheese do we think he should eat out of the bag? You can just
1: offer her oh, okay, relationship yeah, advice if you Violife. want. Uh, I would say a chow cheese is pretty good out of the bag, isn't it? Oh, I never had that
0: out of the bag. I haven't had it for so long. I can't even remember it.
1: That's coconut-based. I think that's pretty good. But also the thing about Violife that's so good is that you don't have to open up. The, the packaging is so great. You just lift a little plastic flap, and then you just pull out. Some slices.
0: Mm-hmm. It's not a big...
1: For me, like, unwrapping or, like, having to open a sandwich bag or whatever or put it in some other container is a pain.
0: It is a pain. So good, really
1: good packaging on BioLives. Yeah. I don't have time for that. No. No.
0: You don't have time to monkey around. Dear Issa, I have a package of tofu with the best buy date of September 19th. Is it still good? Let's broaden this to say... How can you tell if your tofu or tempeh has gone south? I say it's, it doesn't have a slimy feeling on the outside. Is it pink?
1: I'm really, I've eaten bad tofu before, and it's not fun. So I am very, I abide by tofu expiration dates. So um, tempeh is different because it's already fermented. Uh, but tofu, I'm like, I won't eat it past it. Have you ever had bad tofu?
0: I don't think I have, I mean, I'm
1: going through the motion of making a whole meal and then the tofu is bad. It's the worst. It's, it'll make you like not eat tofu for a year. So I just, I think just get tofu. If if something's going to go bad, just freeze it. Mm -hmm. And then you get this great texture when you take it out and thaw it and press it. So, um, so stop. Stop having tofu past its expiration date. Well, let me say, I think soy is going to make a comeback. I should, I should predict. I'll predict that as per the earlier question. I think people are going to come back around to soy milk. Well, there's, it, I, I mean, mean protein exactly and it's it's the actual ingredient so like you get almond milk and it's like almonds and thickeners and da 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 like rice milk it's the actual ingredient but it's thin soy milk also i this has taken me 20 years to come to terms with because in my cookbooks i'm always like use soy milk or almond milk or your favorite non-dairy milk but the truth is soy milk bakes the best of all of them like your baked goods rise better they taste better and um, they bind better with soy milk. And it's really been, um, you know, a difficult journey for me to accept that. I'm always kind of like, ah, milk is milk, it's just liquid. But then I realized that soy milk has these qualities that just make baked goods taste better. And it's kind of difficult because, like, you have to, for me, just having restaurants and then having people with soy allergies and respecting all the allergies, like, kind of have to leave soy out of a lot, but I'm always like, I know that this would be a little bit better with soy, but I'm not going to do it, but I know it would be a little bit better.
0: Well, also in your recipes, you often have people like curdle the soy milk, and I know I've tried to yes. do a recipe with some kind of alternative thing I had around, and I was like, what's going to happen? This is, doesn't happen. It's weird. Now I'm just pouring vinegar into rice milk. like <laughs>
1: yeah and it still works because it's uh it's reacting with the you know leavening agents but it won't curdle
0: no and that's the really nice thing about soy
1: yeah i just love soy milk
0: hi listeners it's me nicole If you would like to support me and Ponyo, in particular, our comics and animal illustrations, go to patreon.com slash Nicole J. Georges. And for as little as $2 a month, you can have access to hundreds of pages of otherwise unpublished diary comics. For the price of one cold brew plus tip, you can become an honorary Sagittarian, and for the price of two vegan cupcakes or two vegan donuts you can become a ponios friend club member at which point you really start raking in goods including new buttons check it out patreon.com slash nicole j george's can you think of anything that you miss i mean things that have been harder to find just as i mean for me i just i mostly have a a carob gap i can't think of things that i miss because they don't exist anymore because some of those things i learned to make oh Hmm.
1: right wildwood yogurt i'm just thinking of products Mm -hmm. so wildwood yogurt was like the best yogurt and that's gone and that was a soy yogurt
0: Mm
1: -hmm. so akin to their creamer which is now gone
0: well, also now I, well, I, now I have more palm oil thoughts. And so now some of the things that I used to be like, right. I'm going to go get these pre-made frozen chocolate banana slices or a sickle. or there's lots of different yeah, things yeah, yeah, yeah. that used to bring me joy. And then I just imagine a homeless orangutan, like getting shot in someone's backyard because his no, tree right. got cut down. And so now I'm just That's like, right. I can't, I can't go there with you. Different vegan companies That's that right. are like you know, palm forward.
1: Yeah.
0: And that's, that's hard. Yes,
1: totally. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of, oh, so yeah, I stopped using a very popular vegan butter brand, Mm. but, and kind of missed that. Our next question is about vegan butter. Um, is
0: there someone that came, is there something that sprang up in its stead that you like for vegan butter?
1: There hadn't been for a while, but now I'm like totally getting down with the Miyoko's oat butter oh. in tub form, and it's really nice and spreadable. Right, you know she had sticks already, but mm-hmm. they were hard. They weren't spreadable out of the contain out of the fridge. This one is, and I love it. I don't bake with quote unquote fake butter, but or whatever. I don't bake with vegan butter, but um, just for having, I love. Obviously, butter on bread and things like that. What are you? So I really loved her her oat milk butter.
0: What do you what do you use for icing? This is what a listener a listener wanted to know.
1: Um. Well, I used to use um that other popular vegan butter, but I started using coconut oil. Um, but I find that it's kind of hard to replicate for some reason. So if I come up with something really fluffy and wonderful with coconut oil, someone else might have a different experience, and I don't know exactly why. So it's fine for the restaurants, but then i found for recipe writing, it's really not – it really depends, like, has the coconut oil sat and been refrigerated and then been thawed again? Like, it just – something happens to everybody's coconut oil that's unique to their pantry, and I think it doesn't give consistent results – um, so for me in the restaurant, I'm fine with using coconut oil because I kind of know how to act with it, but I think I'm going to stop doing it for recipes because people have such inconsistent results. Um, so, But there are a couple of palm oil-free uh, butters now that work. So there's Ohm Butter, O-H-M. Mm. There's the Miyoko's Butters. Um, there's uh, Milkadamia Butter. And those all... I'll be honest, I haven't used them for icing, but I don't see a
0: reason why they wouldn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a listener who wants to know. They're very excited to hear you on the show. They want to know, do you have a few go-to meals for simple weeknight dinners? Making dinner for my girlfriend and I feels like an immense task each night, and I'd love some new recipes to spice up our routine. Bonus points at the meal makes enough to feed us both for lunch the next day. From Sheltering in Chicago...
1: I mean, I have, like, ten cookbooks.
0: <laughs> You're like, I... Do You have a whole cookbook about that, I, don't you?
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, I think... Like, like there's a few... I'm a chef, so I have a million go-to meals, but I just think, fi- like, general advice, you have to kind of find your own thing. So, um, you know, obviously, pasta and... Um, just having like different marinades around for big, different big tofus, um, having coconut milk on hand for quick curries. So it's not like I have a go-to meal. It's just more like having these methods and, and making, and, you know, enacting them. So, I mean, uh, the book I can cook vegan has a million recipes in it that are weeknight meals. So There's that. I also have a bunch of free recipes on my website. So I don't know. That's like a hard question to be like, yes, every night make this. Like, I don't know if this person likes mushrooms or what. So just like Mm -hmm. having your general, everyone has to find their way with their general throw together meal that they love. For me, my first throw together meal that I ever loved was pasta and peas. So it was like a shit ton of garlic, white wine, and then just like frozen peas, I, this doesn't, I don't know if it sounds good to anybody else, but, um, and then just cook it forever so that the peas get really infused uh, with lots of olive oil and then add the pasta and then the protein could be, um, grilled tofu or bean or something like that. But like, I still eat that. Mm. Um, and that was just something like I threw together and, you know, cause you always have those ingredients on hand. So, you know, I don't know, like having a chili recipe that you always use, having a pasta recipe you always use, having a curry recipe, and then just kind of switching it up. Um, And all of those things like that are available for free on their website.
0: Dear Isa, how are vegan restaurants and businesses being hit by the corona, and how can vegan communities support them best? Signed, Wondering in Wisconsin. Well,
1: I mean, we've went to a completely online takeout situation. We're not going to open for indoor no matter what anybody says. So I guess just keep ordering food, order gift certificates, things like that. I mean, every restaurant's been hit. It's like, in all the normal ways, it's like really hard to staff. You know, you have you get a case, you have to close. So it's just like a constant struggle. So I think just ordering gift cards, merch and food as much as you can, obviously. But yeah. um yeah the biggest issue is just like obviously we haven't i keep saying obviously there's no um real guideline for how to deal with this that really is effective so you you become a doctor, like nobody running a restaurant was hard enough before now, if there's a case, like we close for you know we we have the person quarantined for two weeks anybody that works with them we have people get a million tests before coming back we've I, it's only happened once for us fortunately and we were really early in adapting masks and sani and all of that so we were we've been pretty fortunate with that but it's always a worry that like if one person gets it you're close for two weeks so you kind of have to like maximize these moments um, where everybody's healthy uh, and then I know not all restaurants do that too so I just it's not worth it to open indoors like that's how you get it it's like if you want to get corona go eat inside a restaurant like that's how people get it in an enclosed space with no face coverings so uh so for me just like no way i'm not gonna open um so hopefully people order take out
0: and you guys made a zine
1: yes so we did that when brooklyn was closed so brooklyn had closed for about two months And, um, we just wanted to kind of like keep our staff employed and, um, have something to sell. And I don't know. It's just like the punk rock reaction, right? Like, Oh, I got to do a zine.
0: Time to do a zine. What's in the zine? (laughs) What's in it? Yeah.
1: Oh, it's, um, recipes and mazes and comics and just, like, a bunch of stuff from all different uh, vegan chefs and uh, tons of photography. Uh, people can download it for free right now on the Modern Love Brooklyn website. Great. Or the link in my Instagram bio. Oh, wonderful.
0: Issa, do you have any final things that you want to say about vegan food? I did have a question for you about any mac and cheese innovations that have happened over the years since we last talked. But...
1: Uh, it was probably still, oh, well, I did make this coconut based mac and cheese that I like mm. and that's on my website. So it's good for people with cashew allergies. Um, uh, and it doesn't taste, I don't think it tastes coconutty. So it's a coconut, cinder tomato, mac and cheese, and mm. it's so yummy yes. and you don't need to like, um, you don't need to like soak anything and you don't need a Vitamix for it. So I think it's really nice.
0: Mm, great. Well, any, any final thoughts? Any last food thoughts at all as, we, as we're ending our time together?
1: I know. Um, I probably ended the last one with get, having smoked salts and smoked paprika, so let's just end it that way.
0: It's still strong. It's still strong advice.
1: Yeah, finishing salts. That's what it's all about.
0: Mm. I appreciate this very yes. much. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Thank you for coming back on the show.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: We're so happy to have you here. Everyone should go get your zine. Everybody should go to your website and keep their eyes out for your vegan meat book. Whenever, whenever it's ready, we'll, yeah. we'll still be here. Like we'll two years. Yeah, we'll still
1: be here. I'll be posting some recipes for them too.
0: Great. We'll have a have a very wonderful day.
1: Thanks, Nicole.
0: Sagittarian Matters is produced by Chris Sutton with assistance by Panyo Georges. Our theme music is composed by Carolyn Pennypacker Riggs of the band Bouquet. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you next time.